Welcome everyone to worship. It is so good to have you here with us, whatever day it is, whatever the night and whatever the hour, we're so glad that you've come to meet us here. Or should I say more appropriately, that Christ has been waiting to meet you here. We give thanks this day. We have a special service before us. Today we're going to be commissioning three new Stephen ministers into the life of the Roseau Gardens Presbyterian Church. You might ask, what is a Stephen's minister? The Stephen ministry program is actually international. It's happened for over 25 years. People all over the world, lay people, people inside the church and those from the community brought in because they were helped by a Stephen minister. What a Stephen minister is, is someone who walks alongside another person who's going through any kind of hardship. It could be surgery, it could be the loss of a loved one, it could be a life's transition, perhaps a layoff from work. It could just be that someone needs someone to hear their story, to sit a while, to pray with them, to be with them. To be a Stephen minister is quite the calling because once the call is answered, there's 50 hours of training on the front end to prepare you. And then once you are commissioned as a Stephen minister, you meet twice a month with other Stephen ministers in what we call supervision, a chance for Stephen ministers confidentially to share some of what they're doing with their one-on-one -on -one care receiver. And a care receiver is the person that they're ministering to. And so all of that is done each month so that we can continue as Stephen ministers and Stephen leaders to make sure that we're still honing those skills that we need to be the most help. So now after that introduction, we can understand why we heard the most magnificent prelude from Sandy, the words being that Jesus walks with us. So as Jesus walks with us, as our Stephen ministers walk with care receivers, we know this day and proclaim the truth that Jesus is with us, walking with us every day, every step of the way. Let us worship God. A winter of 2017. In Florida, even with Jean, family and friend visits, and places to go, in my alone times, I felt very alone and sad. And I didn't know why. When I returned home, even with all I had to do, I couldn't shake the sadness. I felt I needed something or someone to help me deal with it. A line from Ghostbusters came to my mind, who do you call? Well, I called Pastor Kelly. After a long conversation, she asked me if I thought maybe a Stephen minister would be helpful. And from what I'd heard, that sounded like something that could really help. I'd give it a try. Shortly after Kelly called and told me of a Stephen minister, she thought would be a good match and asked how I felt about it. I agreed. We'd known each other for a long time, so she knew the path that I had been on all those years. She became my Ghostbuster. We met once a week at Barnes & Noble, 10 a.m. in the coffee shop. She helped me visit the past and identify some reasons for my sadness. We talked about how God had been walking with me through all those times. She suggested I start a grateful journey, or a gratitude journey, and introduced me to a beautiful book of devotions, Everyday Grace. I incorporated some of the quotes in the book into my journal, and I'd like to share just three of them with you. <clears throat> First, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. C.S. Lewis said that one, From everyday grace, trust the past to the mercy of God, the present to his love, and the future to his providence. And it says Augustine, and I think he was a saint. And this one, I'm not quite sure who wrote it. You may not notice all the spiritual growth taking place in you every day, but it's happening as you think more deeply about God and his presence in your life. It continues as you respond to his work by reaching out to helping others with kindness, thoughtfulness, and love. 
I also went to a counselor during this time who, for me, did not work out. I had found my Ghostbuster, my Stephen Minister, who helped me identify some old anger, see how God was with me then, and helped me see my sadness in a new light. Now when I'm sad, especially since Jean's passing, I let myself feel the sadness, then I look for the reason for that sadness. It's, it is there that I find a happy time we had together, and then I thank God for my memory. And I thank God for that very special longtime friend and Stephen minister every day. God has indeed blessed us richly in so many ways. God provides for our every need. From prayers and hopes, trust and love, God gives us new life for ministry and new opportunities for service. Let us celebrate the depth of God's love for us. Let us praise God's holy name together. Let's sing together, I heard the voice of Jesus say. call to confession. We come seeking reconciliation and peace. We come to experience forgiveness. In faithful witness to your grace, O God, we confess our sins before you and one another. Let us pray. Loving God, you have called all of us to a ministry of reconciliation, yet we find ourselves tempted to turn away from others. You have challenged us to generosity, but many times we would rather keep to ourselves. Enter our lives once again, O God. Release us from the bonds of self-centeredness. Create in us a renewed openness to your love that we might share your joy with others. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be assured, beloved of God, that God's healing love is poured over you this day. Friends, believe the good news in the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Alleluia. 
scripture this morning comes from Mark 8 verses 22 through 26. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Hello, everyone. We reached the point in our service where we began to dive a little bit deeper into that scripture that we heard Dave read to us. But before I do that, I'd like to just say a word about what it means to have a special ministry, quote-unquote, in the life of a congregation you know, we have pastors who go through a service of ordination and the laying on of hands. And we have elders and deacons in the Presbyterian Church, and I know in whatever church that you may belong, it might not be called a board of session that the elders serve on. Perhaps it's a council. But either way, there are people that Jesus calls to different ministries in the life of any and all congregations. When we talk about Stephen ministers today, we know that they are commissioned Commission meaning that now that their training is done, they begin their ministry in earnest. It's kind of like we're sending them off to do the call that they've been called to do. It feels a little bit like graduation, like they've worked really hard and now they get to finally go and be out in the world doing what they've always wanted to do, which is caring for others. I can tell you, if you have not heard of this ministry, you can go online to read about it it's quite powerful. Usually in most congregations, we have a variation of what we call our board of deacons, where their, their whole purpose is to minister to people. And that is a unique ministry, but it's not the same as a Stephen minister. The Stephen ministers go through extra training, counseling, all kinds of different things to make sure that they can really sit with someone who is going through a heartache or trouble or just a change in life. So you can imagine through their training, they're also not only growing excited, but they're also getting a little nervous. And what we do know is that when they have that first opportunity to have one care receiver, and it is only one person at a time, that relationship between them is really amazing. Just think, for the care receiver, they get someone once a week that perhaps they had no one before that can listen to them, to touch their heart, to share a scripture passage and prayers. They can talk openly and freely because everything is confidential. And I know you've already heard, and there are so many more who tell us how important it was for them to have someone that just walked alongside them. So I was thinking about that and the way that Jesus and all his encounters in scripture and the idea of touching someone so it's interesting, when Dave was reading the story about the blind man, it was really all about Jesus touching his face, touching his eyes, guiding him by the hand away from the busy village, coming right outside the city gate to have this intimate moment with him. And so the parallels for me in light of the Stephen minister, care receiver, and now Jesus with this man, really incredible. But to say the word touch during COVID, it just, it just, we see that word differently. It stands out on the page because we're not supposed to be touching anyone outside of those who are most dear to us. And so yet, it got me thinking creatively about how can we touch people's lives? We don't have to be a Stephen minister to touch someone's life. And we don't physically have to touch someone, although it will be wonderful when we can hold a hand, won't it? But during this time, we need to seek ways to find ways to touch people's hearts. It could be so easy. I know sometimes we have a tendency to make it all complicated, but what would it take just to send a text to someone you're thinking about or to pick up your phone and call? 
Or maybe there's a song that made you think of someone. Or maybe that person had experienced a loss a few months ago or a transition and you just send something or do that call or write a letter. How wonderful is it to go to your mailbox and not only have bills, but have a card that's handwritten. And so thinking about ways that we can touch others in our lives, those around us, I take you back to Jesus and this blind man. You know, it's really fascinating to me that so much is said in the shortest of a sentence. The first line is, they arrived at Bethsaida. So what's really interesting is that they had been kind of going down the road, which was typical along the lake, and how much better scenery is that, to get to Caesarea Philippi. And all of a sudden, it's like Jesus takes them off the, well the, the, the regular path along the lake, and all of a sudden, he's taking them climbing up a hill to this little town, but it's there that he encounters this blind man. And then right after the miracle is performed, he takes them back down to the road that they were on, and they continue on their journey. So here's what I learned when I read about this. Actually, in the Gospel of Mark, this is actually in chapter 8. We're at the halfway point in Mark's Gospel. And this is meant to be a transitional story. A few chapters before we see Jesus with the feeding of the 4,000. After that, he just gets in trouble with those religious leaders, those Sadducees and Pharisees, who are now kind of understanding that he's starting to talk about a kingdom, and that, of course, is threatening. And then off they go, the disciples and he, making their way, and he sends them off on this diverted path. And here is this man. Notice he doesn't come on his own. He's brought by people. Maybe we can assume it's family or friends. And you know what they ask Jesus for this man? Just to touch him. They didn't even say heal him. And you know why? Because they assumed that if Jesus touched him, he would be healed. The faith of a community that brings an individual in need, a hurting person, bringing them to Jesus. And all they asked was that he touch him. And what's also interesting is we've seen Jesus in other healing stories where he's in the midst of a great crowd, perhaps an opportunity for us to learn. In this situation, he immediately takes this man's hand and he guides him out of the crowd into the city. And it's interesting too. So he takes, you know, his spit, mixes it with their, puts it on his eyes. And then he asks the man what he sees. And the man replies, he sees people, but they're like trees, so it's foggy. And then again, Jesus touches his eyes a second time. And what's interesting, too, is that he never says to Jesus, I can see clearly, Jesus knows. And Jesus tells him that now that the miracle is complete, that he not go back into town and share the miracle in the news. And why is that? Because Jesus is about to shift. He's about to come in to being the Messiah. Just literally a verse after this story, he's got the disciples and they're making their way back to Caesarea Philippi. And the first thing he asks them is, what do people say that I am? And they finally see him as the Messiah in that story. So how interesting for Mark to tell us of a blind man who truly sees Je Jesus clearly before even the disciples do, who've been traveling with them for a few years. So the blind man sees when the disciples didn't see yet. And the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious leaders in the temple, they didn't see Jesus either. But soon Jesus would be making his way toward Jerusalem and towards the cross and resurrection. And we get to hear stories of people that he encounters on this journey to the cross and after resurrection who he comes to just like he did the blind man and somehow in wanting healing of the body he touches their hearts and their lives and their souls and they're healed a ministry of wholeness healing and so today i offer these words to you to say what is it that you'd like jesus to heal what is it you'd like jesus to touch in your life because truly he can. He is the great physician. And we give thanks this day that he comes to you 
He comes to me, always present, touching our souls, touching our lives, and that because he does, we have good news to share where we can now reach out to others who need that love and that care. So I commission you and I commission me to be about that work of healing and compassion. May you be blessed as you go. Amen. The service reminds our congregation that caring ministry is a part of the life of every Christian. It specifically recognizes those who are offering themselves to walk and minister to hurting people in our congregation and community. Pam, Dave, and Linda, you have uh, trained as Stephen ministers. You have been called to serve as Stephen ministers as well here at Rosedale Gardens. You are a gift of God to us as you participate in this ministry of equipping and caring. And now to all of you at home. As Christians who are a part of the priesthood of all believers, all of us are called to offer ourselves to our Lord in thanksgiving for what God has done and continues to do for us in Jesus Christ. It is also our privilege to recognize and support those who are trained for specific ministries in this congregation. Especially today, we recognize and affirm Stephen Ministry and these Stephen ministers who will carry out this ministry and program among us. Pam, Dave, and Linda, will you assume this ministry in confidence that it comes from God? Please answer, I will and I ask for God's help. I will, and I ask for God's help. Will you nurture the skills you have learned and use them in the service of others to support, encourage, build up, and heal the people in all their needs? I will, and I ask God to help me. I will, and I ask God to help me. To all of you at home, will you open your hearts to the ministry of these Stephen ministers and pray for them as servants of Christ? If so, would you answer from wherever you are, yes, with the help of God? Repeat after me, yes, with the help of God. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have called these servants to lead us into new paths of caring ministry. You have gifted and empowered them for this task. Grant them joy in their service and a spirit of bold trust in you that their ministry may stir us to greater caring and more fruitful service. Help us all to be both willing servants and thankful recipients of this ministry so that your name will be glorified and your people live in peace and your good and gracious will will be done through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen. And a special charge for you. May the Lord of this church fill you with the Holy Spirit, guide, bless, and keep each one of you. May you be faithful in the ministry into which you have been called, for you are gifted, you are trained, you are blessed. It is Jesus who walks with you now every step of the way. 
and this congregation who prays for you. Go in peace to serve the Lord. Amen. We spent a lot of time together uh, on video uh, teaching and learning, <laughs> and I wanted to see that you had a little gift to remind you. Wait, let's see. This one is for David. This one is for Pam. Thank you. And this is for you, Linda. And hopefully it'll remind you when you're sitting at your desk that uh, God called you to do what you're doing. And it'll be a, uh, a gentle nudge to continue working. Thanks for this opportunity to share my Stephen ministry journey with you my friends here at Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church. We as individuals have a unique ability to comfort people close to us. As I have said frequently, we have a variety of families. These families include our biological family, our church family, our close friends, and in Ron, in my case, our Henry Ford Village family. During different times of our lives, one particular family may become the most prominent in our well-being, which includes wellness of body and soul. Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church has been my church family for many years. I've had the opportunity to have this loving church family since I was about four years old. I have grown in Christ with the help of many members here at Rosedale as well as the saints who have gone before us. Living out my commitment to Christ, I have been available to people in my families who are going through times of difficulty. In addition, I believe that two of my purposes as a Christian is to show and live compassionately and show justice. Since the Stephen Ministry Program was started at Rosedale, I had been thinking about my place in this calling. About two years ago, I felt that Jesus started calling me to enter this ministry. Much after much thought and prayer, I voiced my calling to Kelly, who told me that I was, she was interested in me joining the training. She was very encouraging and said that I would be a candidate for the next training session. Little did I know the commitment was as extensive as it is. I understood the training would be 50 hours. I then learned that Stephen Ministers met as a group twice a month with homework assignments and that I would be assigned a care receiver who I would meet with at least weekly. The educational and support meetings with our Stephen Ministers have been inspiring events that I look forward to. I'm in the process of forging friendships that I anticipate will follow me the rest of my life's journey. I can see my fellow Stephen ministers providing the, the support to their care receivers and to each other. So why did I join the Stephen ministry? I have joined the Stephen ministry to share my gifts that God has given me, and he called me to do that. These gifts include the ability to listen to others, and help them during times of difficulty. With my training and God's direction, I feel that I will be able to help my care receiver through difficult times and help them define their spiritual self. During COVID, times are difficult to say the least. Living at Henry Ford Village has been a blessing, but it's not like living on Arden Street close to Rosedale. We are working diligently not to meet with people outside of our Henry Ford Village community so that we can do our part to minimize the spread of this deadly virus. With this goal in mind, Kelly has agreed to work with our Henry Ford Village minister, Kurt Gebhardt, to identify people in need at my Henry Ford Village family. Our goals as Stephen ministers can be summed up by Galatians 6.2, to bear one another's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
With this scripture as my guide, I am anxiously awaiting what God has in store for me next. I know it will include sharing with compassion and justice. Why did I share interest in becoming a Stevens minister? I left my previous church after a family disaster and found Rosedale after I lost my wife of 35 years. And it was a very trying time for myself and my family. I had just completed 16 arduous weeks of prolonged exposure therapy for PTSD from VA. And I'd just kind of gotten on top of those feelings and my wife passed. And what happened after she died is one for the record books that no one had ever heard of before. So working through that and uh, talking with Kelly, she thought it'd be nice if I could work with a Stevens minister. And it was a blessing. I met with my Stevens minister once a week right before choir practice, so I was already a captive audience in the church. And from that, I, after I'd finished with my Stevens minister, I had been approached before about if I wanted to do Stevens ministry, and I wasn't sure. And then I decided that I needed to pay forward what had happened to me in hopes that I could help other people. So that's the reason I became a Stevens minister. I decided to become a Stevens minister partly because I was in social services for years and I developed skills that are people friendly and people oriented and didn't want to lose those skills once I retired, but didn't want to work. Uh, I did want to do something for Rosedale, uh, be more active in the, the life of the church. And I had been considering Stephen ministry for probably about four years. The time came and here I am. And I'm very happy to be doing this and hope to bring some help, assistance, strength and calm to, to someone's life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have received much from God, grace, mercy, abundance, the love of Christ, and the gift of life itself. In our worship, we praise God and give God thanks for these gifts. Let us now offer what we can as a way of saying thank you. In gratitude for God's generosity, let us share God's abundance with one another.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for these gifts and ask that they be used to help the needy in our community and throughout the world. As we offer you these gifts, we offer ourselves as well, that together we might transform the world with your grace and love. Thank you for allowing us to serve you and your people in this way. Loving God, we continue our prayers this day for the world around us, for a world still in the throes of COVID-19, for communities in distress, for politicians seeking greed over goodness, for the unemployed, for the uninsured, for the undeserved, for broken hearts, broken homes, and broken spirits. All of this, holy God, we lay at your feet and ask for your divine intervention upon it. Caring God, we thank you for all of our Stephen ministers, for their love, their commitment, and their compassion. You have gifted them in many different ways, and now they offer their gifts back to you. Use them to carry your good news of healing, freedom, recovery, and release to a hurting world. Holy God, you are the source of all mercy and giver of all good gifts. Thank you for all the gifts you have given us and for this opportunity to serve you. Receive our offering of ourselves as our loving response to your great mercies. Thank you, generous God, for the many manifestations of your grace. All of this we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Before my first knee replacement, I was expending a lot of energy on others. Energy that was leaving me faster than it could be replaced. I was nervous about the surgery, nervous about the recovery, nervous about being off work for three months. I asked Callie for a Stephen minister, for someone who would help me carry my concerns. Carol Johnson was paired with me. I exhaled. She was Jesus to me. That image Jesus paints in Matthew of someone coming to him who's weary and weighed down, coming for rest. That image of me like the ox of Jesus' day with a two-hold wooden yoke laid around my neck. Carol slipped herself under that wooden beam, put her head in that proverbial hole next to mine. Every step I took, she took. My road of recovery became her road. I was not alone. I had a companion who was focused on me. She texted me, sent notes in the mail, picked me up or met me for coffee, prayed for me. In addition to the care of my family, Carol added an individualized focus for which I remain grateful. If you are carrying a load, or about to pick up a load, even if it seems to you a very ordinary life load, it's okay to want company for this part of your journey. It's okay to ask for encouragement. You're not bothering anyone. You're not making a big deal out of nothing. Asking for a Stephen minister honors the call on his or her life, creates opportunity for the Stephen minister to use their training, their gifts, 
their experience. It invites them into another season for growth and to live out the decision and character of this faith community, the decision that we go together. Let's sing together, Here I Am, Lord. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry, all who dwell in dark and sing, my hand will sing. I, who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright, who will bear my light to them, whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord, it is I, Lord, I have heard you calling in the night. I will for you today but first I would ask you to indulge me just close your eyes and picture that Jesus is right there with you that his hand is in your hand and that you hear these words a blessing my child you are loved 
I've wrapped you in my arms every day that you go out into the world. Know that my spirit dwells within you. Know that God, our God and creator, created you to be a person of compassion. Compassion mixed with love that will give you hope for this day and all future days. So walk now in my footsteps. May you find that as you do, the faith and the love and the strength and the joy and the touch that I place upon your life, you can now give to others. Go in peace and serve me. Amen. My friends, may you not only experience the peace of Christ this day, but we also ask that you pass the peace of Christ as well. The peace of Christ be with you. Amen.